surviving now, crashing on the shore. A movement of a sphere like we've never seen before. And every eye will look and see the glory of the coming of the Lord. Tsunamis of revival now crashing on the shore. A movement of the spirit like we've never seen before. And every eye will look and see the glory of the coming of the Lord. Tsunamis of revival now are crashing on the shore. A movement of the spirit like we've never seen before. Every eye will look and see the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oh, tsunamis of revival now are crashing on the shore. A movement of your spirit life we've never seen before. And every eye will look and see the glory of the coming of the guys have no clue <laughs> the amount of spiritual the amount of things going on this morning that I'm just have noticed okay let me see okay testimony <laughs> okay so for those of you that know me uh, I was here for about two years when I married Lisa and I'd already been drinking pretty heavy for about six 
Now, I wouldn't, it wasn't like I would wake up and drink, but I, drinking every day is bad for you, no matter how you try to justify it. Um, and uh, it, was, it was getting pretty close to destroying my marriage, and uh, I didn't see any way out. It was just, I just, I, I mean, you know, how do you, it's like being in a room with no door. And AA was, for a Christian, in my opinion, and uh, that AA was just totally pointless because, I mean, even though you're, you're, you're free from it because you have a support group, you say, hi, my name's so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic, or I, I struggle with this, or I struggle with that. And you have to keep going to those meetings. Most people have to keep going to those meetings. How many know the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed? And he doesn't, Jesus doesn't take his time. He didn't say... Okay, pick up your bed and walk in a week and a half. Um, no. He picked up his bed and he walked. And the condition on which that man was healed was his obedience to Christ. And so um, uh, the healing school there, they, it's a two-week healing school and it was free. And um, the second to last day, uh, he lined us all up and... Uh, Pastor P.J. Vivier, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's from South Africa. He was praying for us and laying hands on us. He laid hands on me the first time and nothing happened. I just kept praying in the Spirit and, and uh, believing in the Lord. And then the second time that he came around, uh, he started saying something to everybody. He said, we're going to pray again. That's, that's what happened to me. I just didn't hear anything. Um, and I started crying. I felt this this warm, heavy presence come on me and... I started to cry, and and he laid his, all I remember is him shouting and touching my chest. And uh, how, how many know what a courtesy fall is? Yeah. Fire! Oh! You know, and then, okay, so I don't do courtesy falls. If, if the Holy Ghost is going to lay me out, it's going to be him, not a pastor. And so, and that's out of respect for him. Uh, and so... And so I, I told Lisa, and Lisa knows, and I told, I told the Lord, I'm not going out unless it's you. And um, he touched my chest, and I fell forward. And he caught me. He's strong for a short guy. And he caught me and laid me on my face, and I, I was just laughing and crying for like 15 or 20 minutes. And when I got up, it felt like, and, and before, every time I would go to church, after drinking and, you know, going through the day-to-day of struggling with that, I would get in the presence of the Lord, I would cry, I would feel better, but it felt like somebody just took a shovel and broke the roots off and then pulled the tree out. And then the tree would just come back because the roots were still there. And I I still can't explain it in detail, but what he did is it's like the Holy Ghost came in with a big hydraulic Holy Ghost machine and took it all out, root and ball. And it literally feels like a fresh hole there ready to be planted. And God's no respecter of persons. You know, let me, I'm going to, I have a couple scriptures I want to share with you guys. Uh, the first one is in Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. You can just hang out and pray in tongues. Pray for me. I had it here. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, that the, the theme, the, the title of Pastor Rodney's last um, conference was There Was a Sound. And I heard it this morning, too, when Miss Haley was singing. Uh, she was there. I don't know if it was in one of the songs, but they were singing about it. And it's funny because she's, the, she went into some, I guess, prophetic stuff about the prodigal son. But the first thing about that, the first thing that sh they sang about was that song was talking about uh, uh, winning souls. And I just want you to know as our church that you can't. You cannot win souls. You cannot put an emphasis on winning souls and have unsaved family members. God will see those people saved. Absolutely. And I have one more scripture I want to share. Um, this is about revival. And this is in Psalms uh, 40. Let's see. Psalms 42. Let me find it. I should have marked my place. Psalms 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for the brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I come and appear before God? This is, this is not a light statement. He's saying it's a, it's a statement of desperation, a statement of hunger. Listen, this may come a shock to some of you, but revival isn't a sovereign move of God. It starts in the hearts of every man and woman who's hungry. That woman with the issue of blood would have never been healed. She would have died with that disease. If she, listen, for those of you that don't know Jewish culture, that woman crawled through a crowd of people violating the Jewish law. In other words, what she was saying is, I don't care if it costs me my life. I have to have Jesus. So if you, if you want revival, you've got to get hungry. You've got to get thirsty. Amen. And that's the importance. That's why, raise your hand if you're hungry for revival. Now, uh, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Now look at each other. Look at who's raising their hands. Okay, if you're not here Tuesday, because it's free, right? It's free registration. If you're not here Tuesday, I'm not calling anybody a liar, but I mean, listen, if you're sick, crawl here. I'm telling you, listen, why do people stay home when they're sick? Stay home from church. The healing is here. And so, and so I just keep that in mind. I know I'm silly sometimes, but man, I, listen, and, and, and so, okay, so we sat under the anointing for a year now and we're going back for a second year and uh, one thing that uh, Miss Hutchinson here told me that uh, the last time that we were here I couldn't understand it but but uh, but you know she helped me understand how the Lord set me free um, a tree a deeply rooted tree isn't easily uprooted right but when it rains and then it rains and then that tree comes out and so it's important uh, for you guys. I just want to emphasize the importance for you guys to be here uh, 
Tuesday because, you know, I'm a novice in this stuff. I'm just, I'm a beneficiary of the goodness of God. And if, if you guys, I mean, you can hear it in David's voice. I hope you hear it in my voice. It's, it's if, if you want your sons and your daughters and even yourselves that uh, Haley was even talking about when she was talking to James about that, that small fire, that small coal. That's what was left in me. And he rekindled it. He brought it back to life. And he can do that for you too. It's not. He's no respecter of persons. Um, Please. Please don't miss it. The Holy Spirit. You know, I used to I used to be hard on myself. Even, even this morning, the Holy Spirit, I said, How can you how, <clears throat> how can you Continue to forgive me. Again and again and again and again and again. Your own family members would abandon you before he would. The prodigal son story. The prodigal son story. A son, what did Jesus say? A son knows his father's business. So you're not waiting. You know, you know that, that it's there. It's right here. It's right. Listen, revival's with me all the time. And it's with, it's, it's with Pastor Dave and it's with Dylan. Is it with you? It's right here. It's not somewhere in the atmosphere. It's here. It's here. If you are a, a born-again Christian, it sits on the inside of you. What does the Bible say? A wise man draws it out of himself. A wise man draws it out of himself. And so, I just one more time, I want to emphasize the importance to be here uh, Tuesday because God's going to do some amazing things. Things are going to be broken off of people. You're going to, you people are going to be set on fire for these hills. Listen, it's the, uh, this opioid issue and, and the alcohol and all these other problems are nothing compared to the power of the Holy Ghost. It takes people years to get free from alcohol. Do you understand? Listen, heroin, her, drugs like heroin and crack, you can get addicted like that. But once but alcohol takes some time, but once you're addicted, you're stuck. So being set free in a single day from alcohol is, if you're trying to convince me otherwise, you came too late. Because, because I mean, and it's like Pastor Rodney says, it, it'll be a cold day in hell with the devil singing Frosty the Snowman before anybody convinces me that the Holy Spirit didn't set me free. And the power of God is here to set you free, to heal you. It's in His Word. It's in His Word. And I'm going to come expecting Tuesday night. Don't come unless you're expecting. Because God's going to do something big. We've been waiting too long. Get hungry. Get hungry. Be desperate for it. How do you get hungry? Pray in tongues. Ask him for more hunger.
Ask Him to help you get hungry. Think about what He's already done for you. The, you've heard that song, The Goodness of God? Ask Him what... Think about all the things that He's already done for you. Look at you sitting in here in a, in a warmed up sanctuary, man. What a blessing. I'm so... I don't want to go too over. But be here Tuesday. It's going to be really good. I love you all. Family and our family online. Bless you guys. I was thinking, Jeremiah chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, but verse 30, it said, An astounding and a horrible thing has been committed in the land. My own opinion is that this past week, on the day that they passed that resolution to continue the impeachment inquiry, it was no accident that it happened on Halloween. It's no accident. Because we're not battling... Flesh and blood. How many of you know that? Now, the flesh and blood are rising up. But we're battling principalities and powers in the heavenly places. This is a spiritual conflict. And uh, I saw this week a poll. 67% of Americans believe that civil war is imminent. 67%. In other words, this is not an hour for the church to go to sleep. Those that go to sleep, I'm telling you, the Lord's going to rise up. He's probably going to come with a whip in the midst of his house to drive out those that were sleeping as well as the money changers. It's not a time to go to sleep, not a time to hide. Where are you going to hide? Underneath this platform, they're going to find you out eventually. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? We've said that before. We are the Ghostbusters. Nobody, who are you going to call? It's not going to work. You can call whoever you want. You can't ignore the times we're living in. You can't say, well, let somebody else do it. Look at someone next to you and say, you're the somebody else. Did you know we're the somebody? You can't wait for somebody. We are the somebody. And so we just have to rise up and we have to be who we've been called to be. We've got to be the sweet aroma of the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. Now, if you understand that scripture correctly, some folks are going to hate you more because you are that aroma. But others are going to love you more. In fact, the gray area is going to be removed. Either you're going to be loved or you're going to be hated. We have good examples of that today in our nation. They either love our president or they despise him. They dream of hanging him every day. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting time. You didn't choose to live in this time. God chose you. You know, we have a lot of speakers. But we have a lot of speakers coming to this region. And one of them most of us missed was Perry Stone. How many of you knew he came last weekend? So I I went Friday night because I wanted to get in on as much as I could because Saturday, David... Now, Dave, Saturday night was amazing, guys. We had baptism in both baptismals, one over here and one over here. And David Hogan was, I'm telling you, just God was using him here around the altar. But it became a little chaotic, Vaughn, to be honest. I like that. Chaos is probably good for the hour. We don't need order. Well, we do need. Now, the Lord said, let all things be done decently and in order. But God defines the order. You know, we've been defining the order for too long. I have a feeling our order is really going to be a little disorder to us. So anyway, that was an amazing time. But anyway, Friday I went to hear Perry Stone. And uh, I appreciate Heath Adams for bringing him. And 
you know, we're connected with those guys in Hickory, you know, really, really tight. But anyway, I'm going to share this because it will lead me into what I'm sharing. But he said, and I can just do this quickly. He said, what to expect in these five, or actually these prophetic seasons that we've now entered. We're in a prophetic season. And he said, five signs that we're in a prophetic season. Number one is strange weather patterns. Shiftings in the heavens are disrupting the weather patterns. Now, you know, most of us knew global warming was a hoax all along. Do you know that now they're telling us a ice age is on the horizon? We knew it was a hoax. That's why they changed from global warming to climate change. So they could deceive the most gullible. Because the climate changes every day. And anyway, they've been getting away with it. But if we stood on the Word of God, they wouldn't get away with it. Because the Bible answers all of that. And then number two, an increase of angelic and demonic activity. At the same time, demons are going to be romping. You know, I mean, there, there must be, I don't know what's happened. The gates of hell must have been opened. But guess what? For every one demon, there's a couple angels also that are being released. And uh, so we can take great confidence that there's more for you than there are against you. So bring them on. If, listen, if hell wants to go berserk, heaven is going to be way more ahead of them anyway. So we're, we're believing for God. And then there'll be a stepped-up battle for the prophetic words spoken over you, over me, over ministries. Over churches, over the nation. You know, there have been prophetic words spoken over America. And so we can expect all of hell to erupt, to seek to disrupt what God has said. But how many of you know that what God has said is going to endure forever? What men are saying is not going to last much longer. What the devil has to say is not going to last. And then number four, there'll be an increase of moves of God and outpourings of the Holy Spirit. I spoke with Todd Smith this week, and um, he told me when they went to South Korea, guess what happened in South Korea? A baptism revival was broken out in South Korea. Just like in Georgia, just like in Moravian Falls. And by the way, we're not giving it up. We're going to do it maybe once a month or so, and we'll sometimes on Sundays... The next time is the first weekend of December when Jeremiah Johnson's here. And we're going to pick Jeremiah up and toss him in one of those baptistries, you know. We'll, we'll just if he hadn't been baptized yet, we'll do it. We'll figure it out, but I'm glad Jeremiah's going to come. But anyway, there's going to be an increase in revival. We should expect revival. And not just stop there. We, we want a great spiritual awakening. That guy, the same guy that came here that said people should leave the churches, said don't pray for revival. If they told me correctly. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep praying for revival. I'm not going to let this ship go under. I believe God has something planned for this nation. It's not just what the devil has planned. God's got an idea. And God's ideas are far greater. So anyway, I'm not going to listen to that stuff. And then number five, the adversaries of righteousness will initiate... And release a strategy of intimidation to shut the church up. What's happening? They're pulling us off of YouTube, pulling us off of Facebook. So what? Listen, pull us off. The gospel is still going to be preached. And we're not going to shut up. I believe with all my heart 
that we're going to be held accountable not only for what we said when we shouldn't have said it. You know, every, we're going to be judged for every idle word we've ever spoken. But we're also going to be judged for what we didn't say when we had the opportunity to say it. And now is the opportunity. And we don't know how long this opportunity will last. But we want to rise up and we're going to rise up here even if it's just you and me and nobody else. Amen. Are you with me? I'm so glad when we, and another reason we have these conferences and we have these speakers, we get a full house when they come. When David Hogan comes, everybody comes out of the woodworks, you know, and uh, we should have figured it out for Rodney to come on a Sunday. We'd have had record-breaking Sundays. They would have been in the parking lot. But I'm telling you, the same Holy Ghost is with us as with any of these men. And we're going to just keep shouting and trumpeting the gospel and that's what I pray happens this morning I, you know every time I've always felt this way maybe somebody told me something wrong along my journey but I believe every time we preach we're preaching as if we're speaking the oracles of God and we should believe that God's word will never return void that something's going to happen because you preached the word that day and that's what I'm praying today that, that whatever is released today it'll trumpet across America because our, our vision, now we are a local church, say we're a local church, but we have a global vision. And it's not a global warming vision, it's a global fire vision. It's a fire, we want to see the whole thing erupting in flames is what we want to see. So we're believing for it. So anyway, I, we need to have some understanding. Look over in Psalm 37 real quick. Psalm 37. I wish I had all day. One day we will have all day. You know, last week when I, I got up here and shared out of Jeremiah 51, it was hot off the presses. I saw something else. Jeremiah 51, God says who he is in there. You can read it later. God says he's, you know, he's above all. He's ruling, reigning. And how he's going to judge Babylon. Now, we know there's going to be a Babylon at the end of the age. We know there was a historical Babylon in the, there's a mystery Babylon. How many of you know that's what we're up against in this hour? We're up against mystery Babylon. But I don't know that it's no longer a mystery anymore. It's out in the public. I mean, they're not even hiding the things they're doing. The witchcraft and the satanic rituals and all of these things. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. But in uh, Jeremiah 51 we shared how God was going to use us. Remember, it says, with you, with you, with you, ten times in that chapter, how God's going to use us to help bring down the spirit of Babylon. And I know God will ultimately do it, finally. But He's going to use you and me. He's going to use the church. Man, where did we get that song this morning about the church? That was powerful. Thank you, David. need to believe stuff like this. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we're going to be a part of that. And we are. But then also I saw in Jeremiah 51 how that the people in that day would become deranged, insane, given over to falsehoods. When I read stuff like that, I think, God, that's where we live right now. The people have gone insane. They've gone crazy. They're believing the most bizarre things. And so we've got to stand up and shout the truth and be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look over with me, if you would, in Psalm 37. 
I just want to read through this real quickly and then going to go over in another scripture and just share some points. It won't take too long. You listen fast and, and we'll get it done fast, okay? You know, it's um, just going to happen. But we got to know what's going on. Verse 1, do not fret. Now, this is where we need to be. We need to make sure we have this understanding. Don't fret. What does it mean to fret? Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't be mulling around in your mind the things that are going on in the world that you hear about, that CNN is doing, or that some congressman or woman is doing. Don't fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon, say soon, they shall soon be cut down like the grass. Now, the word cut down is, it's to say it nicely. You know what it really means? The workers of iniquity shall be soon destroyed. That's what the word in the Hebrew really means. And so maybe the King James guys wanted to try to soften it up. I think we've been softening it up too much. We got to tell it like it is. So what do we do? As the, the Lord's about to rise up and destroy the wicked and the evildoers. Verse 3, trust in the Lord. We trust, say trust in the Lord. We trust in Him. We're not trusting in the government. We're not trusting in our representatives. We trust in the Almighty God. We trust in the Lord and do good. We keep doing good. We keep doing good and being good. Say do good. And be good. Remember, Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. And if God's with us, he's given us the grace to do good. I know most of you remember this, this Alex, Alexis de Tocqueville. Remember the Frenchman that came to America in the 1800s, and he wanted to find the secret of our greatness. Do you remember this? How many of you? I know most of you, some of you may have never heard it. We'll read it again because it applies. He said, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her, in her vast harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. I sought for it in her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in her institutions of higher learning. And it was not there. I looked for it in her democratic congress and her matchless constitution. And it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and I heard her pulpits of flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America's great because America's good. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And the question is, are we still good? You know, the, the key, the only way to become great again is to become good again. Is to become filled with the righteousness of God and do the will. So trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on His faithfulness every day. His Word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. I'm telling you, you can't go very long without your daily bread. How many of you know that? I mean, you can... Make it a day or so without eating. You can make it 40 days if God graces you. But you're not going to go 40 days without the Word of God. You need God's Word every day. It's, 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 it's our daily bread. So feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And He shall give you... Now, this is amazing. He shall give you the desires of your heart. 
He's going to give you the desires of your heart in the midst of when the evildoers are rising up. And that's exactly what he says. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. In other words, row your way onto Him. Give all your cares. You know, true humility is casting all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. How many of you know that? Pride is, God, I'm going to take care of this myself. Humility is casting all your cares upon Him. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Verse 6, And He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. In other words, God is going to make it right. How many of you know there's a lack of justice in the land? Where is justice? The Scripture speaks about how it's fallen in the streets. We may not see everybody come to justice that should come to justice in this life. Some may have to wait till the life to come. But I promise you, God is going to be the final judge. Every man, every woman, everyone that's betrayed this nation, that swore on the Constitution to uphold the Constitution and then betrayed it. If they're not brought to justice now, one day they'll be brought to justice before an almighty God. Our prayer is they'd be brought to justice now. That way they'll have an opportunity to repent. Because if they don't repent, their judgment will last forever. I heard about... No, I saw just the end of a... Somebody from Hollywood got up and he was mocking Christianity. And he was mocking the belief in hell. And he was... I can't remember exactly how he put it. But he said something about, well, I'll, I'll see you all in hell. As if it was a mocking... And he didn't believe it. Well, I've got news for that man. Hell is real. And God says he will turn the nation into hell that forgets him. And that's why we're calling on him in this hour. We're seeking him. Because we know what his word says. And he says he's going to bring your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So wicked schemes right now are being plotted, aren't they? What if they do impeach the president? You know, I personally believe a lot of it is for show. But I'm, I'm not putting past anything past the devil in this hour. If the church doesn't arise in the authority that he's given us. And we already know, those of you that are visiting, you, you may be... You know, on the other side of the aisle, we don't care. We love you anyway. You might want to, first of all, see what that other side of the aisle represents and what they believe in before you sign your name on that dotted line. But I can tell you, we've already been told from this pulpit what will happen if Donald Trump is removed prematurely. And so that's why we formed the presidential prayer watch. And we're not going to back off. I don't, you let hell and high water come our way. We're going to stand our ground. Because we may be the only ones that are standing. But then you can't get angry or upset. Don't fret because of those that prosper. Who bring wicked schemes to pass. Verse 8. Cease from anger. And forsake wrath. Do not fret. What happens? It only causes harm. I believe. I know that some that we're connected to. Have said a great civil war is. You know going to happen regardless. My own belief is it's not God's highest way. It's not His highest way. And so we need to cease from anger 
and do what God says to do. There's a higher way. It's God's way. And we're calling on Him with all of our heart. And then verse 9, for evildoers, because here's the ultimate result regardless. Evildoers shall be cut off. Except we need to throw that word cut off out. We need to cut it off, actually. For evildoers shall be destroyed. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Say, I have an inheritance. Now, to wait on the Lord means what? To expect, have an expectancy. You know, you're outdoing, you're doing good in the midst of when you're waiting on God. There are times to wait. But waiting is more than just sitting down and folding your legs and say, Okay, God, I'm just going to wait. You may wait too long. God's going to raise folks up like Micah to preach the gospel with fire around the nation. You're going to miss your time if you keep waiting too long. No, don't wait. I mean, there's all kinds of definitions. We'll preach someday on waiting. You know, you've heard all those messages. Verse 10, for yet a little while, say a little while. God, how long's a little while? I don't know. I know that when we would drive to Tennessee with my mom and dad, and I'd say, Dad, when are we going to get there? They'd say, well, we're, we're almost there. Almost when I was a little boy was a long time. Now today, they tell me it's almost Christmas. Christmas is coming and going, Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, is it? are you like me? It's like weeks pass by, like years used to pass by. The time is accelerating. It's a crazy time in which we live. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Say no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place. But you're not going to find it. You're going to look for the wicked. There will be a day you will look for the wicked and you won't find them. That's what the scripture says. I'm just reading. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now, verse 12 is a great scripture. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. That's exactly what's happening. But then look in verse 13. How does God respond? It's the same way he responded in Psalm chapter 2. When the nations are raging and they're plotting vain things. It says the Lord is laughing. Now why is the Lord laughing? We've said this before. Because God knows something we don't know. He can see a little bit beyond what we can see. But the wicked are plotting and they're gnashing their teeth and the Lord's laughing at him. You know what we need today? We need... Some volunteers to be in God's secret service. That God would get us into some of those secret meetings where they're plotting the demise of the nation. You know, like in the bottom of the, the Capitol building, we heard there's some that can't go in that meeting. You try to get in, they, you know, you lot would be arrested. Well, I pray God gets us in some of those meetings. Now, how is that going to happen? I want to tell you a personal story. In fact, we're going to have some recruits today. I'm going to pray God will get some of you in some of those meetings. When I was in my 20s, in my journey, I've told you how I went to Waco, Texas. I was in Arkansas, Thorn Crown Chapel, went back home to Louisiana, waiting on my next assignment in my 20s. Substitute teaching school, minding my own business. It was recess. And I heard the voice of God. I heard God say, I'm going west. And then I said, God, if you're going west, 
I'm going with you west. And so I heard this like, go west, young man, go west. So I did. I literally, I got, I looked on the map and Waco, Texas was pretty much west to where I was. So I went west. Now I had heard about Waco. There was a, a spirit-filled Baptist church there. And I was just coming into the things of the spirit. For the longest part of my life, I thought, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I thought tongues was of the devil. That's what they told me. To stay away from that stuff. You know, you may get infected. Well, guess what? I got infected. And I'm, I'm spreading it about right now. But anyway, I went west. And so I went to Waco. It was a great, great experience in that church. And I experienced worship like I had never experienced in my life. I didn't know you could weep. You know, I mean, I know you could sing you know, great is the victory or whatever it is, you know, now for a thousand tongues. But in these songs, I would be weeping the whole time. It's like my eyes, my head had holes. It was weeping. I'd never heard worship like that before. And there was something that spoiled me during those days. But anyway, it was a Saturday night and I heard by way of the grapevine that a rock group named Kiss was coming to the Waco Convention Center. Now, I'd already told you I couldn't date during those years. God told me, don't date the Baylor women. And I tried to rebuke him for that because there were a lot of, I was a single guy and there were a lot of pretty girls at Baylor University. But anyway, so I couldn't date. I tried and it was a disaster. And so I just sat home. I'd go on dates with God. I'd go walking around the woods and the lake, Lake Waco, and just pray, seek God. Like to kill me in those days. But anyway, this was a Saturday night. And I heard Kiss was in town. And it somehow got in my mind to pray and ask God to get me in the concert. Now, you, some of you guys don't even know Kiss was. It meant, they told us, nights in Satan's service. They were raunchy. Heavy metal, big time raunchy group. So I said, I, I took it up. I said, okay, God. Can you get me in? I'm not about to pay any money to go see kids. So God, can you get me in there on assignment? So what did I do? I prayed. I drove down to the Waco Convention Center. I parked in the parking lot. But well, God, what do I do now? If I try to go through the ticket line, I don't have a ticket. He said, you go in the back door where the group enters. The very door. They had all kinds of guards there. They never saw me. I walked right up to the door. I looked at those guys as if they were going to stop me. It's like they looked right through me. So I opened the door and I walked right in. Walked around behind the stage. You know where I sat? I sat right behind, on the stage, behind the group as they were performing. I was the only one sitting there. You would have thought I would have stuck out. You would have thought the group would have told me to get off the stage. I sat down on, a, on some kind of something like this. And I sat there waiting for somebody to come and move me. The police to come and arrest me. Nobody ever came. So I just sat there during the concert. It was a raunchy concert. But I began to pray in that language they told me, don't pray in. And I began to pray under my breath, God, I pray I bind every demon. I bind every work of darkness. I rebuke the devourer from this concert. I don't know what happened that night, but I promise you, whatever the devil had planned didn't happen as much as it would have happened. And I was in. And then after it was over, I thought, well, God, what do I do here? So I just got up and walked out. Then nobody paid any attention. And I walked and got in my car. And I remember telling God, God, that was the strangest thing that ever happened to me. How did you get me in there?
And to this day, I do not know if I was invisible. I don't know. I don't, you, I'll let you handle that. But I'm telling you, God's going to get some of us in the secret chambers, in the midst of the plots, and then we can shout the plots on the outside because the Bible says nothing hidden will not be revealed. God's going to shout it on the mountaintop with the plans of the enemy. So I'm just going to pray God will recruit some of you. I did my time. I'm going to let you. God, I pray you'd raise up secret servants, secret agents among the crowd, among those watching. Send them into the places where the enemy's designing the plans so as to blow the top off of the devil's strategies in Jesus' name. Well, let's just see what he does. I was just in my 20s, a kid. I didn't know any better. You don't know any better either, do you? God does something. We're going to get in on it. Verse 12, the wicked plots, they gnash. The Lord laughs. So I'll move quickly. He sees, look in verse 13. For he sees, here's another reason the Lord is laughing. He sees that his day is what? Coming. His day's coming. The wicked have drawn the sword. They bent their bow. They cast down the poor and the needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. You don't even have to do anything wrong today and the devil will be at your front door knocking to get in. In fact, if you even desire to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. And so they're going to come with a sword. But then it says, verse 16, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. I've thought about you know, God, don't you know the deep state, whatever you want to call them, the big guys that own it all, the bankers, whatever. They tell me there are many different terms. All I know is they got a lot of cash. They got a lot of cash. I may not have as much cash, but I can tell you the anointing of the Holy Spirit is greater than all the cash that they might have at their disposal. Verse 17, the arms of the wicked shall be broken. Now that's serious scripture, isn't it? The arm means the strength. The strength of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Say forever. And they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be what? They shall be satisfied. How do you know that? Well, it's also confirmed down in verse 25. It says, I am, I've been young and now I'm old. Now, I'm not quoting that personally, but, but that's what this psalmist said. Yet I've not seen, I can claim the next part, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread. And you can claim that as well. He goes on, it says in verse 20, the wicked, but the wicked shall, what? Perish. And the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay. Now think about that. What does that mean to borrow and not repay? Steal. That's what the wicked does all the time. They steal your taxes. They steal whatever they want. They don't repay it. They're not going to give it back. Have you ever... Heard somebody promise, we're going to raise your taxes just until we get caught up, and then we're going to lower them again. Did you ever see that second part of that statement ever happen? You're never going to see it. Don't, I'm telling you anyway, there's, I'm probably picking some bones. I just remember some of that. But the righteous shows mercy and they give. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him 
shall be what? Cut off, destroyed. Now I noticed two groups of people there. Did you see that? In that verse. What are the two groups? The blessed of the Lord and the what? The cursed of the Lord. That's what it says. You know, we need to add that to that list because the Lord's coming to divide sheep from the goat, wheat from the tares, righteous from the wicked, those who serve God from those who don't serve God. Right? All of that. Well, we found another one, the blessed from the cursed. How do you become the blessed? The only way I know is to run to the cross. You follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you're the blessed. Amen. Are you with me? And then he goes on, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Micah, here's your answer. How can God continue to forgive you and pick you up? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though Micah fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. I'm not just picking on you, Micah. I'm picking on myself. How many of you ever felt like you've blown it to the point where God can't use you anymore? I hear that lie from time to time. That's it. Your history, it's over. No, it's not. Read the Bible. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And then you can read verse 25 again. Now verse 27, depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake what? His saints. So how do you, how will you not be forsaken? Become one of the saints. Now, I'm just going to insert something here. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But prophetically, I don't, it's not a prophecy. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the saints don't win the Super Bowl this year. As a prophetic statement that God's got the saints number this time and the saints are rising up. The saints are marching in. And I'm not talking about the football team. I'm talking about the saints of the Almighty God. Blood bought by the blood of Jesus. And we're going to see victory after victory. It's not defeat after defeat. It's victory after victory. The Lord loves justice, does not forsake His saints. They're preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be, there's that word again, cut off, destroyed. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks what? Wisdom. Wisdom. And his tongue talks of justice. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide or shall slip. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. Is that not happening right now? They're not coming. If you haven't known, and most of you know if you've been here, they're not just coming after Donald Trump. You know who the real goal is. It's me. It's you. It's the church. It's righteousness. It's freedom. It's those that know the king, the real king. The law of God is in his heart, but none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watch. The Lord will not leave him, verse 33, in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judge. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are what? Cut off, destroyed. You shall see it. In other words, there'll be a little time that you're going to have to look with the eyes of faith. It's the eyes of faith that you'll see through. In that moment, as in Hebrews, you may not see as if your enemies are under your feet. But we see Jesus. We see Him. Keep your eyes on Him. And we're going to see the rest of the story. 
He goes on, when the wicked are cut off, I have seen the wicked in great power. Verse 35, great control. That's the goal, control. And spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet, thank God for the yets and the buts. Amen. Yet, he passed away. Now that passed away is probably saying it too kindly. What is it? Well, means passed by. We'll have to look at the Hebrew. I have a feeling it means something more than just passing away. Probably means much more. And behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. But mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man or woman is what? Peace. Here are two futures. Two futures in these scriptures. You guys still with me? All I'm doing is reading the scripture today. God's word speaks a whole lot plainer than I can. And his word will not return void. My stories might inspire folks, but the word of God is what will endure. And the word of God is what changes the lives. So he says, mark the blameless man for the future of that man or woman is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. Together. They're not going to be alone. I guess they'll be together. For the future of the wicked shall be what? Destroyed or cut off. So there are two futures. One will be blessed. One will endure and inherit the earth. The others will be cut off and will be destroyed. The promise to us is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you what? A future and a hope. Plans of good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's the, the future of the, of the righteous. But verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength. Say my strength. He is my strength. When? In the time of trouble. In the time of trouble. How many of you know there is coming a time of trouble? Jesus said, hey, in this life, guess what? You're going to have what? Trouble, tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And the Bible says there's coming a time of trouble such as there's never been. But in the midst of that time of trouble, He will be your strength and He shall be, He will be your salvation. Verse 40, and the Lord shall help. Say help. Help them. You know, that's sometimes the only prayer you can get out of your mouth, but maybe the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. God, I don't know what to say. God, help. You ever been there? I've been there before. I didn't have the words, God, help. You know what he did? He helped. He's a helper. He's a very present help in time of need. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them and shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they know it all. No, 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 no. Because they built a bomb shelter. No, no, no. Because they have enough food to last a million years. No, because they trust in Him. Oh, man. There's a whole lot more, but I'm going to stop. This has been an amazing morning. You know, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be excited, isn't it? It's a human emotion. You can't live on excitement. Because you can be excited one moment, then the next moment, 
Woe is me. For I dwell in the midst of unclean lips and, and all of that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, there's an anointing coming on us that's going to keep us excited in the midst of the storms. There's a joy. Now, I don't know if Rodney Howard Brown's going to bring that joy with him or not. He told us, he told, remember, he said this many times. He would go to places and, and they would tell him, Now, Rodney, you don't, you don't have to bring the joy. You, you don't have that joy anymore, do you? He said, No, 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 no. We, we've thrown that away. Now we have depression. So we bring depression wherever we go. Well, that's not going to happen. He's not bringing depression. Whether Rodney brings it or not, my hope is not in any man. It's the joy of the Lord that's my strength. The joy of the Lord. The joy. His joy. And we need, we're going to need a bunch of it in this hour. Now I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're not discouraged. It's going to get rough. How many of you know it's going to get rough? Trouble means trouble. Tribulation means tribulation. All I know is what I read that's going to happen when it's all said and done. There was another scripture I looked at yesterday, this morning. It was Jeremiah 5. And I didn't read it enough times to really get it down pat. But basically, it said how the people were loving what was happening. It was not God. What, the enemy was raging and the people loved it so and then it says and now this is what I do remember it says right at the end of that paragraph but what will you do in the end and I believe God's asking that question today you live your life like you want to live it but what are you going to do when it's all over what are you going to do on the judgment day and so it is in America you can live you can flaunt your your sin but what will you do in the end and I tell you now, we got to turn to Him. And there's a remnant that's turning to God with all their heart. The devil will not have the final testimony of America. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that if, it's, if you let it be according to your faith, Vaughn and Cheyenne, i got a lot of faith that we ain't seen nothing yet. So let the devil rage. If I understand... He's raging because he knows he only has a short time. His time is coming to an end. There will be a day that even he will be cut off. The one that stole, the one that killed, the one that destroyed. The thief. He destroyed families. He destroyed relationships. He's killed. He maimed. There's a day coming. But in the meantime, God's chosen a people to wreak havoc with those who've wrecked havoc with us. It's the church of Almighty God. And so, Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the word of God that does not return void. And, Lord, I thank you that you're showing us. It's with us. It's with us. It's with us. It's with every one of these that's in this room, those that are watching by web stream, that the courts of hell will be shaken. That the manifold wisdom of God will be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. We thank you for the blood-bought, washed, 
sanctified, set-apart, righteous sons and daughters of the living God. And I thank you, Lord. We may be few, but we're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And I thank you, God, that everyone in this room is in some way doing, and they're about the Lord's bidding in their own ministry, in their own home, in their own way. And I thank you when we come together, there's a corporate anointing. And I thank you, God, for Psalm 37. Thank you for putting Psalm 37 in your book, Lord. That we are greatly encouraged and there's great hope, even in the midst of the greatest storms a nation has ever known. And so, God, we surrender afresh to you. We surrender to your kingship. Just like Haley saw that t-shirt, we declare Jesus is king. Jesus is king over this nation. And God, we pray. We know we're just one of those places. But God, would you make a mockery of the devil and a mockery of the religious crowd? And would you do out of Moravian Falls everything that you've spoken that you would do? Just because you said it. Not because of our righteousness, not because of how good we are, but because of the goodness of our God. And because of the word that does not return without accomplishing its purpose. So Lord, I thank you that we've been talked about, slandered, slaughtered, ridiculed, judged. We bless those that have cursed us. But God, we thank you we are among the blessed of God in this hour. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And I pray for everyone that they'll have a new hope, a new fire, a new anointing, a new passion. God, I'm even asking for that anointing that releases excitement in our spirit man. When everything says you should be depressed, we're going to be the most excited people on the face of the earth because of the joy of the Lord which is our strength. And we thank you. Joy is not just giggling. It's something that enables us to stand in the flame, even though they turn up the heat sevenfold. Because He's with us. There's one with us in the midst. And so I thank you for that. God, I pray for hope. I pray again for the prodigals as we prayed earlier. As Dylan and others. Linda, as we prayed, as Haley prophetically spoke. We declare the prodigals to come home. Across the nation. In the name of Jesus, we call you in, in this coming harvest. And we thank you, Lord. And Lord, just one more time. And Lord, you know, our hope is not in man. Man, they're just flesh and blood. But we thank you for sending Rodney Howard Brown. Thank you, God, I know. I know. I thank you, God. I know what this means. And I thank you. Thank you that you've chosen us. And I thank you, God, that we're going to see another great spiritual awakening sweep across our land. And it's not, it's not only coming, it's begun. It's begun. And I thank you for the fire that's coming in the house of God. Bless God, these people. Thank you for them. Thank you, the ones that stood with us through hell and high water. 
They've stayed the course. And I'm asking you to reward them for it, Lord. Reward them for not being beguiled or betrayed, but staying at their post. And I thank you for it, God. So, Lord, we just pray for everyone that will come. Lord, we know we're limited. I don't know how we're going to get that many people in this room. But we're asking, God, if you can get me in the Waco Convention Center, then, God, would you get a bunch of people in here that wouldn't have gotten in here had we not asked you to do it? We're asking for room where there is no room. God, we pray that we would be able to squeeze them in and it would not be like we're a bunch of squeezed sardines, Lord, salamanders or whatever they are. I don't know. We just pray, Lord, we'll be able to breathe. Be able to dance. Be able to shout. God, help us. I'm asking for help. I'm asking for help with the parking. I'm asking God we'll be able to know where to put all the cars. Lord, if they can get the road fixed by then, Lord, let it be. Oh, by the way, we're going to get the road paved. It's a prophetic statement. But I don't know if they can do it by Tuesday. Maybe. If they do it tomorrow, they'll get it done. If they don't, they've got to wait till Wednesday because that would be a mess. So don't let them do it on Tuesday. So Monday or Wednesday. I'm just talking. This is the way I pray. I'm not good at what they taught me in seminary. Okay, now when you pray, you must say, Dear God. I remember when I first heard it, I thought, I look at her, who is God? <laughs> is he in the room? God? God? Vaughn, who is God? Dear God, dear God, that's all I know. Hallelujah, Lord. So, Lord, I messed up the prayer. I messed it up. Thank you. If you don't learn anything in this hour, let me, let me tell you, you're going to mess a lot of stuff up. So be it. He who hath begun a good work in you, you can be confident in this, that he who hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, just one more thing. Anybody in here, you don't know Jesus, you need to get saved. We've got to pray this prayer because the harvest is coming and we want to be faithful to be ready. So is there anybody you say, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I want to be saved. I want to make sure I'm saved. Would you pray with me this morning? I want to know without a shadow of a doubt, if I left this morning and I died, I would go to heaven. Anybody? So most of you are all sure. Anybody watching? I don't know if you're watching. Can we pray just in case somebody's watching? So you pray this prayer. It's not because you're praying a prayer. It's because you're crying out to God. No one can come to Him because you just make up your mind, this is the day I'll be saved. You are drawn. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit convinces you that you've sinned against God. And you acknowledge that. And then you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. And you shall be saved. So let's just pray right now. If you're watching, just repeat this. Say, and let's pray it out loud. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. That He is the Son of the living God. That He died on the cross and that He rose from the dead. I confess my sin. 
And I ask for your mercy and forgiveness. I trust in the shed blood of the cross. And I ask you now to forgive me. And cleanse me. I repent. I give my life to you. I believe in my heart. That God has raised his son from the dead. And I confess with my mouth his lordship over my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God. Use me in this hour to bring your Son great glory. And I thank you for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my household shall be saved. America shall be saved. In Jesus' name. Amen.